Are you a creative, a businessman, an innovator, an entrepreneur, a minister, or maybe even a pastor? Is it your desire to be relevant and to reach the masses? If that's you, you may be making the masses methodology mistake. That's what we're going to be talking about right here, right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now, here's your host, Darren Stott. Hey, yay, 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 everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, the show that exists to equip, promote, and connect emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that's why you're listening, is because it's your desire to be used by the Lord, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that the Lord is doing something in you to integrate you into his kingdom work on the face of the earth. And it's such an honor to have you listening. Don't have much much of a voice today because we've been going after it, man, a Sunday to a Sunday, twice a day, 14 sessions over the period of a week. Just finished up our Awakening and Harvest Summer Camp meeting, and it was epic, and I'm supposed to be resting. Instead, I'm podcasting, but that's just how I roll. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to have some fun today. This is going to be good. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor of a church called Seattle Revival Center, author of a book called Pattern Interrupt, pick up yours on Amazon, and founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. Today's show is brought to you by SupernaturalParents.com. So if you have a son or a daughter, grandchildren, and it's your desire to equip them, mentor them, release them in the ways of the supernatural, then I have a gift for you. It's free, it's HD, and it's yours at SupernaturalParents.com. That's SupernaturalParents.com. Come. All right, guys, let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking about the mistake of the masses mentality. And so oftentimes we go after too much. And in doing so, we're actually going after nothing at all, which is why so many people sacrifice their momentum when they try to be everything to all people. So that's what that's what we're going to be going after um, right here, right now. So let's get started. All right. First of all, I've noticed that there seems to be, I, hopefully you guys would agree with this, a mediocre epidemic in the market right now. And uh, when I say mediocre epidemic, what I mean is, uh, and, and when I say the market, I'm not just talking about the stock market or, or the business marketplace. I'm actually referring to kind of this mediocre epidemic that's kind of in everything. If we're talking seven mountains, I'd say it's kind of like it's everywhere. It's in the government. It's in the, it's in the church. It's in uh, entertainment. There's kind of this big push for content everywhere. And it's a demand for fresh, innovative content, but stuff is coming out at such, uh, in such torrents right now that the quality, um, has that great amounts of quality have been sacrificed and exchanged for quality 
quantity. I think that oftentimes in the attempt to be big and to reach the masses, many of us actually spread ourselves out so thin, deeming us shallow and actually culturally useless. <laughs> um, now, there's a great temptation. So I'm a pastor and um, uh, we actually qualify now as a medium sized church um, <laughs> is, is kind of the demographic that we'd be thrown into. Um, but I still think of us as a small church. And here's the thing that that the temptation for me being a pastor was to try to compete with the amount of output uh, as large churches or mega churches. So I would look at their outreach capabilities. I would look at the quality of their ministry and look at that what these big what these big cats are doing within the church realm. And I would feel like as a small church that we had to somehow compete not with not in a marketplace. A competitive mindset. It's not that I'm trying to get more people by competing with the big dogs, but I felt like I had this like responsibility to have the same output as a mega church or a large church. And if I played the comparison game, then it'd be easy to beat myself up in the identity of who I was as a pastor or easy to reduce even the impact of our local church if I began comparing our place to these large churches or mega churches. So I never necessarily fell into the trap of actually practically reducing our identity, but I did fall into the trap of having to try to keep up uh, with what everybody else was doing. And unfortunately, that's just not that's just not sustainable. And so um, there's this concept within the church. There's this concept within everything that we must be reaching the masses. And I kind of think that that mentality is actually already changed and is changing dramatically everywhere except for perhaps the church. And so the this whole concept of reaching the masses, I think is actually kind of like it's an old school mentality. It's an old school way of of thinking. So many small businesses, ministries, churches, networks um, uh, that are small oftentimes have the same size vision and strategy as the big dogs, as the big cats. And because they have so many things on the whiteboard, because they kind of stand for everything, um, they actually aren't necessarily standing for anything. And there's a certain amount of confusion because um, there's not really any sort of priorities. So when you're about to join a ministry network or you're about to join a church or you're about to join a small business, business and you say, well, hey, what are we actually trying to accomplish here? And then um, and then the person begins talking to you for 45 minutes to an hour. And then when they're done, your eyes have glazed over and you feel like completely overwhelmed because the vision is so epic and so grand and yet the resources are so scarce. It's not really something that you want to be a part of because it just doesn't seem realistic. And so I think that's that actually a great trap that many, many people are falling into. Uh, it's it's actually Actually, kind of what happened um, with Nokia versus Apple. So you guys all remember Nokia. Nokia, they were like the industry leader in the cell phone, um, in the cell phone realm, in the cell phone sphere, and the mountain of cell phones. That's the eighth mountain. Um, so Nokia was the industry leader. And essentially what they tried to do was develop a phone, um, a, um, a cell phone for the masses. They tried to develop a phone that everybody would like. And so, and in doing so, and trying to please everybody, they ended up coming up with a 
product that was affordable, but it was mediocre. Now, at that same time, Apple was developing the iPhone. And when they launched it, um, people didn't necessarily really even like it. Like the masses rejected the original iPhone concept. And yet there were a few that didn't just like it. They didn't just find it usable, but they fell in love with it. It became like the iPhone religion, the iPhone cult. It was controversial and it was an absolute cell phone disruptor. And now iPhone, now the Apple uh, leads the market in innovation. Um, and, uh, and which is the, the number of people that actually carry iPhones. It's, it's extraordinary. Whereas Nokia, like whatever happened to them, like uh, they have been deemed uh, culturally irrelevant at, at, at this point. So it's important for us to, to realize that when it comes to movements, when it comes to a move of God, when it comes to innovation within business and the marketplace, that movements are never mediocre. They're always radical and they're always focused. And I think it's important that if we want to be a people that are changing the world, that we actually stop trying to change the world and we start simplifying. We start getting laser focused and we get to work. It's not about size. It's about sustainability. I like what um, Sammy, the first time I ever heard it was from Sammy Robinson, where he said, small is the new big. You know, oftentimes when it comes to ministry or when it comes to preaching or when it comes to, um, you know, this whole kind of church realm that we find ourselves a part of, this prophetic kind of stream that we find ourselves a part of, sometimes uh, uh, people find torrents of revelation marketable. And what they do is uh, you have a minister or a ministry delivering literally a stream, a river of endless revelation. And when you look at such models at the end of the day, they tend to stand for everything and yet tend to stand for nothing. I think that kind of what we're coming into right now, it's not about torrents of revelation. It's about simplicity and clarity. It's about simplifying, getting down to the basics. I think we're in a time where we need to get back to the basics. And I think within the, within the Christian realm that we find ourselves a part of, it's time to actually get back to the simple gospel, because I think we've gotten so complicated. We've tried to get into kind of everything that when you actually look at the amount of practical momentum that you that you have there's hardly any momentum at all it's kind of like all all talk and no walk we're using big words we're using big or org charts we're using lots of whiteboards and markers but when you actually look at the fruit of what's manifesting on the earth because of our contribution and the and the passion uh, within the tribes of people that we're leading, I think as leaders, if you are a leader, it means that you're leading a people. We've got to begin looking at our people and looking at the passion that they are carrying towards the mission, towards the objective. And if it's not there, then we've got to get honest with ourselves, and we've got to we've got to begin uh, getting back to what is that uh, what is that thing that we really stand for. And I'll ask you that question, like whatever your finding your hand doing right now like whatever you're doing with all your might unto the lord like right now what do you stand for and bring in this reminder that if you stand for everything you really actually stand for nothing we're 
in a time right now where I feel like the Lord is challenging us to, that we need to narrow down our values to three core values. That if you have more than three, you don't have any. And uh, also, the minute you begin sharing those values, those things that you live for, those things that you'd be willing to die for, if man, if, if the minute you, like once you start talking past two to three minutes, man, people stop listening. Like if you can't say it in a sentence, then just don't say it. And the other thing is, I think we need to organizationally, we've got to begin narrowing down our vision to one thing, one thing that's simple, it's repeatable, therefore it's memorable, especially in the church world. I mean, I remember the first vision statement that I drafted up for our church. I couldn't even remember it, let alone our church remember it. Like it was epic, it was huge, but you could never repeat it. You would never remember it. It was way, way, way too much. So therefore it essentially didn't even exist. So I think that as 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 leaders, as as a people of God, we've got to begin articulating who we actually are. We've got to begin articulating our our prophetic call, and we've got to begin being able to do it simply. And I and I think that begins with exporting your identity onto paper, with really uh, covering and prayer, really covering yourself in prayer, and really stepping into a new level of urgency regarding understanding your identity to the degree that you're able to articulate it. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to find yourself doing all kinds of crazy stuff in order to discover who you are. And before you know it, you're actually, you won't know really who you are at the end of the day. Um, You'll be defining who you are based off of what you do. And you aren't what you do, okay? You are who the Father says you are, so you've got to discover who He says you are so you can begin living out um, your true call, your true role as a son, as a daughter, and the kingdom. So... Darren, what are, you, what are you trying to say? I think we're far too busy doing way too much stuff that's not bringing any sort of cultural impact. And uh, because we've fallen into the mistake of the masses mentality, we're trying to reach everybody afraid of controversy, afraid of swimming upstream, afraid of doing things differently, afraid of rocking the, the boat and afraid of, 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 of really being a true disruptor. And it's absolutely true. If we keep doing the same things that we've been doing, then we'll keep getting the same results that we've been getting. And I think that there's finally a generation that's coming on the earth that um, that's okay with failing because they know that their failure is not going to redefine them or set a new value based on their identity. But they're willing to get out of the boat knowing that they may sink. And there's a thrill in that. And I, I think that there is a Peter generation right now that says like, hey, I, I may sink, I may die, but I would rather sink and die than just than just stay on the boat of mediocreness. And I think that's the question. Do you want to be a Nokia or do you want to be an iPhone, an Apple iPhone? <laughs> And it's silly, but it's absolutely one of the best questions that you'll be asked today. Are you willing to be perhaps rejected um, by the masses, knowing that there'll be a few people that absolutely fall in love with that message, with that revelation, with that one thing that you're carrying? And even if you have to downsize from 70 to you know, from 70 to 12, if you can get the, that core group of 12 of true believers who share your heart, you're better off with 12 than 120. If there's unity there in one vision, I'm telling you 12, it's all it takes to change the world. It's not about the masses. Small is the new big, but none of this matters if you don't know who you are and if, if you don't know whose you are and if you don't know um, really your role. 
it's an invitation to slow down. It's an invitation to get our eyes off of the task list. It's an invitation to stop allowing the culture and, and the religious structure to, to define who we are based off of the plethora of crazy responsibilities and tasks like that stuff does not define your value. And most likely the more stuff you have going on, the less you're actually accomplishing for the kingdom of God. It's about simplicity. It's about sustainability. It's about patience. It's about pacing yourself for the long run. I ain't preaching to you. I preaching to myself and I love you guys. Let me know what you think about this. Um, please, uh, rate this thing on iTunes. You can give it a star. That'd be fine. Or you could give it five. That'd be superb. Love you guys. Talk real soon.